If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host live from Las Vegas. Your other host, Wes Reynolds, also here in Las Vegas inside studios here at VSIN, uh, beautiful South Point Hotel. So, Wes, uh, we were going over some college football games about to kick off a little bit later on uh, into the weekend as well. Uh, some information from BetMGM, Ohio State, Minnesota, 75% of tickets on Ohio State University. Mm-hmm. 80% of the handle on Ohio State University opened up minus 13 and a half, now 14. But yet we were talking about maybe a play on yeah. the Gophers, the Gophers. Yeah, yeah, I am on the Minnesota Golden <laughs> Gophers here. And we haven't really seen that line movement. Uh, yeah. A couple rogue, rogue 14 and a halves were mm-hmm. out there. If you were able to grab it, I think there actually is one out there uh, at Bet Rivers. If mm-hmm. you want to grab that hook uh, on 14 and a half, if you like Minnesota. So okay. I was thinking maybe a couple more based on the volume, based on the fact that it's a primetime mm-hmm. game. I was thinking thinking on the fact that maybe we would see a little bit more on Ohio State. Maybe we'd see a few more 14-and-a-halves, and we do not right now. We actually see a few more 13-and-a-halves. BetMGM, yeah. our sponsor of this very program, mm-hmm. also at plus 14. But there are some 13-and-a-halves out there really across not only in the faraway offshore market, but also the market here in Las Vegas and, and across various jurisdictions. So, you are seeing some support for the Gophers. I don't want to necessarily totally designate that as the cliched pros versus Joes type of right. game, but it does seem like there's some support from some Minnesota and from some people that I absolutely respect. So, yeah, I think Minnesota does kind of hang in. The total getting bet to the under, that sometimes gives a little bit more value to the underdog. I think a lot of that is probably predicated on the fact that you are going to have at least a little bit of weather in Minneapolis mm-hmm. tonight. Also, the fact that, look, first game, and we kind of saw it last weekend it's we we saw a lot more unders than we did overs the illinois nebraska game went under the ucla game went under most of the high profile games fresno state game went under i think all four of them actually went under Mm -hmm. on that short card last saturday so you know is there that thought that the defenses are ahead of the offenses maybe in the first game i think you 
still can't really bet that blanket across the board. I think you still got to do the handicap each individual game. And But look, we know what the game is in college. You know, it's tempo, tempo, tempo. Right. Run as many Run places as, yep. you can, as fast as you can. Get your ball to a playmaker in space. Go from there. Then you run the play. Everybody looks to the sideline for mm-hmm. the sign and the adjustment. That's the nature of college football offense, basically, for most of these spread teams. So I do like the under. I have 63 and a half. Not quite the best number, a better number than what's available right now. But still would lean to the under, even okay. at 62, 61 and a half. I just think... You know, maybe Ohio State wants to get Shroud some confidence on the board in terms of uh, running the ball, mm-hmm. and then that could potentially open up some play action down the field. You know that receiving core. That's as good of a receiving duo as you have in the country of Lob and Garrett Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how prolific they're going to be uh, offensively throwing the football, but they can run it. Uh, they got a great offensive line that they're going to lean on, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, have you ever capped um, possessions in college football? Because in pro football, we're looking at 11 to 13 possessions right. per team. In right. college football, it, I mean, it's, it's a so lot different, harder right? because there's more possessions mm-hmm. in a game, and that's why there's a lot more variance. Yeah. When you see like these line moves, you don't see as big of a line move variance in the NFL, at least by and large, than you do in college football, where you're going to see a total move seven or eight points right. because more possessions, because the clock stops after every first down. This is something I will get on about all on my soapbox all college football season because it's like I think that these games are too long. Okay. I think that these games run over into the TV windows. We saw it first game out of the box. Mm-hmm. Illinois, Nebraska, you know, doesn't get done in three and a half hours. It goes like four hours because, you know, from possession one, you get a first down, that clock stops. And it's like, no, just keep it going, guys. And that's why I think that you get these higher scores with these tempo teams and why these coaches and these teams want to run so much tempo. Yeah, I mean, it gets difficult to cap uh, totals for sure because that total uh, for information from Benham GM certainly it was it was 65 moved down to 63 now at 62 and yeah, a half. Yeah, it tells too, you so. that there's some wise guy resistance, yeah. I think, on that under here for Ohio okay. State Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. And on the other side, Coastal Carolina. And Citadel, I think, is split down the middle in terms of tickets uh, on Coastal. Probably a very low handle yeah. because that's FBS versus FCS, and now you're getting the more casual betters right. in the market. They're either laying it. They're probably not taking the dog in these FBS-FCS games. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Not at all. I wouldn't touch those dogs in these games at all. Uh, looking at uh, games on the board for sure. Uh, and so we make sure that we'll get to the, a lot more games here in college football uh, when we continue to program here on Betting Across America. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, one of your hosts out here live in Las Vegas, your other host live here in Las Vegas, Wes Reynolds, doing an outstanding job, and we are presented by uh, BetMGM. So, Wes, we got the Tour Championship uh, going on right now. Uh, what do you? What's your thoughts on what's going on here with the Tour Championship? Yeah, right now, Patrick Cantlay, still your leader. He is mm-hmm. 11 under par because, remember, they have that staggered opening strokes from the FedEx Cup points here leading into the Tour Championship. So keep in mind, when you're seeing Patrick Cantlay 11 under par, he's not 11 under par on his round. Right. He's only one under par on his round, but he's 11 under overall because he had that 10 strokes plus one under on the front nine. So he is your leader. The low man on the course, actually, Billy Horschel does get in with the 65, five under par. Mm-hmm. Victor Hovland, five under 65, or five under right now, actually through 14 holes. So remember when we talked about yesterday that there were basically two separate markets in this deal. Right. There was the... FedEx Cup market where you have the strokes where Patrick Cantlay starts at 10 under. Tony Finau starts at 8 under. Bryson DeChambeau starts at 7 under. So that was obviously baked in the cake from that market. And then there was the low 72 hole market where a guy like Xander Schauffele last year didn't win the Tour Championship but he was the lowest scorer over 72 holes at mm-hmm. 15 under. So you could bet that market separately. So right now like Victor Hovland and Billy Horschel are at 5 under par. So they currently have the low scores at least in terms of that 72 hole market, but Patrick Cantlay at three shot lead because he started at 10 under par. So you got Victor Hovland, Cameron Smith at eight under par. That's with their strokes and their rounds that they've started with today. Jordan Spieth, John Rahm, seven under. Bryson DeChambeau, Tony Finau, six under. That's obviously the aggregate score. So BetMGM, I know, is doing live. I don't know if they're offering live 72 hole market. I don't see it up. So I think the live market that they are offering right now at BetMGM is what is called tournament winner. Tour mm-hmm. championship winner, bonus strokes applied. So obviously, Patrick Cantlay, 
plus three dollars. John Rahm hasn't really drifted very much, even though he's four back right now. If Patrick Cantlay plus three fifty, Victor Hovland, the big mover of the day, he is now plus seven fifty. He's five under par on his round uh, through fourteen holes. Cam Smith ten to one, Bryson DeChambeau and Jordan Spieth eleven to one. Then you get down to Rory McIlroy, Tony Finau twenty two to one. All thirty players currently priced at BetMGM because now at the mm-hmm. Tour Championship, only the top thirty in the FedEx Cup points advance, and then those staggered strokes started from ten under par with Patrick Cantlay all the way down to even par. So that is why I was saying you can't really bet those guys at the bottom. Maybe you can bet them for slow 72 hole score, but you can't really bet them to eclipse these leaders when you've got a 10 stroke deficit. That has a lot to make up on the best players in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking at that course, uh, look at this great shape, great weather too. So looking mm-hmm. forward to what's going to happen this weekend. Uh, some of your plays uh, here, Wes, uh, John Rahm. Uh, to win tour championship, which is basically where he is. And that was the only one. And I usually don't bet a future Mm -hmm. that low. I actually usually don't bet chalk from week to week, but I thought, you know, only four back. He's number one player in the world. He's been playing very good golf. Should have won two weeks ago, actually at the Northern trust, but had two bogeys in his final four holes. So Tony Finau was the beneficiary of that. Finau broke a five year winless drought on the BGA tour. And it was like, I had bet him myself, Matt humans. We had bet him so much. And it's like, then when we don't have him that week, that's, what happens and that's what always happens when you have mm-hmm. golf futures it's like you bet a guy and they kind of fall short for you a few times and it's like well I'm not giving up on him but I'm leaving him off this week and then what does Tony Finau do he wins in that playoff yeah. over Cameron Smith two weeks ago so John Rahm pretty much the same price that I had 72 hole market Rory McIlroy Scotty Scheffler Sergio Garcia Rory actually had it going I think he gave one or two back here was during he the two inter- under yeah he's two yeah. under on his round mm-hmm. so that's what you're looking at you're right. not looking at him being tied for 12 at four under seven back at Patrick Cantlay. It's just, will he have the low 72 hole score? So I did play Rory also played Scotty Scheffler who did shoot 67 a day. Scotty Scheffler is one of those guys kind of in the mix for those Ryder cup captains mm-hmm. picks, which are going to be announced. I believe Monday afternoon into Monday evening, depending on where you are, what time zone. So Steve Stricker, the captain for team USA, Patrick Harrington, the team captain for team Europe. So they're going to gather, make their captains picks. And we're going to have our roster of 12 on each side Ryder cup. By the way, last weekend of September is going to be played in Kohler, Wisconsin at Whistling Straits Golf Club. Steve Stricker from the state of Wisconsin, so a home game for him. So Scotty Scheffler kind of trying to play his way in that mix to be a rookie Ryder Cup captain's pick selection. And then not a rookie, an old veteran on the European side, Sergio Garcia. Mm -hmm. He is in the house with the 68 two under today. Actually started with an eagle on his first hole. Didn't really do much after that. Sergio you know, right around Ryder Cup time, that's when he really starts sure. to play well. He's a very good Ryder Cup European player pretty much throughout his entire career. Not in the points right now, so he no. wouldn't get an automatic spot, but he could possibly be a captain's pick. I would expect a veteran like Sergio Garcia with kind of a team in transition that Patrick Harrington would pick him. He was a teenager, uh, his first yeah. Ryder Cup, right? Yeah, El Nino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember <laughs> when he had that showdown with mm-hmm. Tiger Woods at Medina yep. when he was not even in his 20s. And, you know, he did finally get that major a few years ago at the Masters because it's always like, oh, we thought this guy was destined for superstardom. And look, he has a Hall of Fame career, but right. when he finally got that Masters win a few years ago, he is now in his 40s. He can still do well, I think, on some shorter courses. Uh, Still a very good driver of the golf ball. Very accurate. Still hits at a decent length. But went with Sergio at 40-1. to Now, he was one of those guys that were starting at even par Mm -hmm. in terms of the with strokes market. So it's like, well, I couldn't bet him. That's why he was at such a big price, way bigger than 40-1 to on the 72-hole market. Yeah, my game used to be like Sergio's in terms of the regrip. I I think Mm -hmm. I regripped maybe 10, 12, 15 times just like Sergio used to do. Uh, so that would drive people crazy, I'm sure. Right? <laughs> Sergio does drive people crazy, including our own Matt Humans. Right. Uh, when he'll text me watching a European tour event in the middle of the night, did you see what he just did? He just like, you know, hit the green with this yeah. club and yeah. got a bunch of divots on the greens. And Matt, not the uh, biggest fan of Sergio. Garcia. All right. Uh, so our deep dive into the Saints. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. I mean, we know what's going on with the Saints. Uh, in terms of Hurricane Ida, the displacement mm-hmm. of the game that's going to take place uh, against Green Bay and Jacksonville. Uh, but yet the deep dive for the Saints and their win total, eight and a half. So the over is minus 150, the under plus 125 with the knowledge of Jameis Winston being a quarterback. Now, looking at this line too, week one, Green Bay's now minus four. Uh, now that we have the location of this game, Bakhtiari is going to be out, the left tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the situation with his knee. And you look at that front 
for the Saints. I was taking another look at that last yeah. night, and that, that front uh, is incredible defensively in terms of what they can do. And Bakhtiari, that's going to be a big miss there for the Packers uh, week one. But your thoughts on the Saints, the win total, and the Saints this year? Yeah, maybe. I feel like I'm kind of the T stands alone here with, uh, you know, the fact that I'm a little bit more optimistic on the Saints okay. maybe than a lot of other people are. Our gal Stephanie Kamershack having mm-hmm. a well-deserved day off, uh, yep. a producer on a regular basis of this program. We have had a little bit of discussion on the Saints. She's like, trash. <laughs> They're going to be trash. They're going to be a five-win team. And you know what? She might be right. But I'm taking the other side here with the Saints. And I know that there are a lot of people that are down on them. Uh, Notable handicapper here in Las Vegas likes to phrase it. Kind of like that movie Wall Street. Remember Blue Horseshoe loves Anacott's deal? He said Blue Horseshoe likes the under on the Saints win total. So he's a very respected better out here in Las Vegas. Plus 125. Yeah, but I am am looking maybe a little bit more at the over at eight and a half. And that's certainly where I lean. I have not yet bet this win total I want to give that out in full disclosure but that would be where I would lean at minus 150 there are I am going against some sharp resistance though mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people who think the Saints are going to take a step back I think that that's already been baked into the cake though because keep in mind this was a team winning double digit games and now all of a sudden they drop about two or three from their win total last year Drew Brees I know it's tough to replace but Drew Brees hasn't been Drew Brees for a couple years now you could tell that he had physically regressed really couldn't get the ball down the field the mind was there but the body wasn't necessarily there so you know they absolutely had to move on and I think Jameis Winston does give them a chance to make big plays down the field they they could use Michael Thomas back who they of course don't have so a little bit shorthanded at receiver this is another team that's going to have to have young guys step up Traquan Smith mm-hmm. Marquez Calloway Lil Jordan Humphrey Deontay Harris so they are going to have to fill that gold until Michael Thomas gets back there was kind of that point of consternation when he elected to have the surgery in communicado with Sean Payton so I can understand why why there are people in the market that are down on the New Orleans Saints because there's a lot of different drama. Is Jameis Winston, has he fixed his turnover issues? We know that he can throw the football down the field and throw for a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards, but he also throws for a lot of interceptions where he led the league two years ago in both interceptions and turnovers. So can he get that done? I think the running game with Kamara and Latavius Murray should be able to perform. This is a pretty solid offensive line. On defense, though, they do have a lot of changes. They had a lot of free agents Mm -hmm. lead. So, you know, some young guys, I think the first three draft picks this April were defenders. It was Pete uh, Peyton Turner out of Houston, the defensive end pass rusher, Pete Verner out of Ohio State, the Will linebacker, and then Paulson Adebo from Stanford at corner. These aren't guys that are right now number ones on the depth chart, but certainly guys that are going to play. Yeah, you know, we had a notable bet come in, uh, courtesy of BetMGM on Marcus Davenport. I think somebody put some money on him to be the sack leader this Mm -hmm. year. Uh, a nice sum. They got a good number. Yeah, this shot, is right? the time for him to step up because remember yeah. they drafted him mm-hmm. in the first round and they're kind of waiting to see. And, and you know, maybe this is the spot where finally he kind of emerges as the man because he's going to have to be with a lot of yeah. youth, youth around him. But uh, Davenport was a guy that I think, you know, the first couple years uh, they left him wanting more mm-hmm. a little bit. He's only 24 years old, the uh, player out of UTSA. And you look at his uh, his sack total, only had one and a half sacks last year. Now, he only played 11 games. <laughs> You're right. But, you know, four, step up. <laughs> four and a half sacks in his rookie year and then had six sacks in 2019. They want this guy, and they exercised the fifth-year option on his contract mm-hmm. here in April, so they're telling this guy, dude, you got to get double-digit sacks for right. us. And, you and, got Cameron Jordan on the opposite side of you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you would think that that's going to open it up because mm-hmm. Cameron Jordan, one of the best pass rushers in right. the league. So you got to think this is a, a pretty gruesome twosome if they could play to their potential. It's kind of like uh, back in the Giants when they had Tuck and Strahan on the other side, the Colts when they had Freeney, mm-hmm. and then Matt on the other side when you've got that elite pass rusher and then Denver runs that 3-4 Von Miller on one side, Bradley Chubb on the other side. Davenport has the ability in terms of the athleticism I think to be a double digit sack guy but uh, only 12 sacks in his first three seasons in New Orleans. Uh, no time like the present to do that. They gave him another year and exercised that fifth year on mm-hmm. the contract so it's kind of fish or cut bait right now. Right. Only two teams I know of West uh, that have replaced legendary quarterbacks through the draft. Uh, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And then Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Yes. Um, I can't think of any other uh, situations in the National Football League or franchises in which, uh, okay, we're going to bring the next quarterback in for a legend. 
Yeah. Like it happened with John Elway, right? Yeah, it's like Couldn't usually find you want to be the guy that follows the mm-hmm. guy. Right, right. You know, it's kind of like that in coaching, too. Right. When you have like a super college football or college basketball program, mm-hmm. it's like you don't want to be the guy immediately after Bob Knight right. or Dean Smith. You want to be the guy after the guy. So, so a lot of people will point to Jameis Winston as a quarterback, his skill set, but I think it's Sean Payton needing to adjust Mm-hmm. from Drew Brees. Like, with Drew Brees, you weren't r- worried about him throwing picks. Right. You are worried about Jameis Winston now, and so you got to manage that as a play caller. So it's like, do you think that they're going to get a little bit more conservative, at least with their play calling, the New Orleans Saints? Because Sean Payton mm-hmm. is a guy that I think, you know, gets the benefit of the doubt, yeah. obviously, as a Super Bowl-winning coach, where it's like, okay, you know, he likes to be creative, but when you have success, you get to be a little bit of coach almighty. Pete Carmichael, by the way, is the offensive coordinator down there for the New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. and uh, has been the offensive coordinator since 2009, so you got to think that there's at least going to be some continuity within the offense, but to your point, does that change a little bit of the play calling? I, you know, I think it's kind of hard to, like, protect a veteran. It's easier to protect a young guy but it's kind of like, okay, man, you won the job here. You resign with us because remember he was sent out of Tampa and, right. and basically had to be kind of like a uh, number two, half number three quarterback because of course, Sean Payton used Taysom Hill mm-hmm. a little bit as an option. And uh, I think he's going to have packages for Taysom Hill, but I always call him TE one, right. not QB one. So he's going to have some packages with this guy and Taysom Hill has shown he can throw the deep ball. Remember that ball against Minnesota mm-hmm. in the playoffs where it's like, well, Drew Brees can't throw throw that anymore, but Taysom Hill can. Yeah, and uh, you know, the thing about it too, Wes, I, I think when you're thinking about Jameis Winston and Sean Payton, uh, Payton's going to have to have that patience still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not uh, you're looking at Jameis Winston and his props, uh, if you want to do that, I mean, he can throw the football. We know that uh, uh, in terms of being prolific, but the mistakes and Peyton needed to manage that. I mean, that's going to be a change for him. That's something he hasn't yeah. done throughout yeah. the majority of his career down there calling plays because he had Drew Brees. Absolutely. And not only this change in quarterback, but one of the reasons I think the market is down on New Orleans. Keep in mind, we kind of forget when Tampa Bay won eight games, ended the regular season, obviously four in the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay didn't win the NFC South. Right. The New Orleans Saints won the NFC South, so the Saints do get the first place schedule. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think people are still pretty high on Tampa Bay this year because they get the second place schedule instead. So you look at this Saints schedule now going to play in Jacksonville. So essentially the first three games on the road because they go to Carolina, who I think is going to be improved. They go to New England. They're expecting maybe first weekend in October. I was talking to some guys down on a radio station in Baton Rouge yesterday. That's what the goal is to get the Giants in at the Superdome, mm-hmm. the Caesar Superdome on October 3rd okay. for essentially what's going to be their home opener. Right. But you know, I, I still think eight and a half. I, there's a lot of talent on this team. Pritch. There is. I, I, there and is. I, I just don't think that they're they're going to regress. They're mm-hmm. not going to be 13 and five like they were last year. But I mean, it's like, you know, are they really going to fall and plummet that much where they're a five or six win team? And, and I don't think so. Eric. I think maybe some struggles early just because of the schedule dynamic, essentially playing three games away from home out of the box. But I think kind of toward the middle of the schedule and then the back end, they're going to be a lot better team. If they figure it out, Jameis Winston's 12 to one comeback player of the year. He had a year off. So I guess he qualifies to be yeah. a comeback player of the year. What do you think? It's doable. Mm -hmm. I I think certainly he can put up those numbers. Uh, I don't think it's anything I'm going to bet, but I think it certainly makes some sense if you want to go that route. Sure, absolutely. The New Orleans Saints uh, are not off to a great start in terms of the situation with Hurricane Ida, but they're going to adjust to it. Uh, They're going to play that game against Green Bay, that line uh, minus four for Green Bay on the road out there in Jacksonville. Uh, That was our deep dive right there for the Saints. When we continue the program, though, we got some more information from BetMGM. Uh, Do we want to follow the crowd? Uh, Some great insights uh, here from BetMGM. We're going to get to those coming up next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Indeed helps you hire great people fast. Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to TalentNest. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Wes Reynolds with you today. And Wes, Major League Baseball is wacky. We said that before, but you got the Phillies now on top of the Nationals uh, in the eighth inning, seven to six. Uh, And then you have Oakland and Detroit. Oakland still on top, eight to six over Detroit. Yeah, four runs for the Phillies here mm-hmm. in the top of the seventh. Remember, this was 6 nothing, yep. and we were talking about this earlier. They had put three runs up in the sixth, uh, scoreless in the seventh. But the bullpens, uh, not very good, really, for no. either team. And obviously, <laughs> a, a big sell-off for the Nationals. And this is a game that the Phillies, I think, need to try to steal here. And they're certainly at least in position right now. Bottom in the eighth, one out. Nats up to bat. Now 7-6 to six, Philadelphia. And Oakland, they were up 8-1. to one. Then all of a sudden, the Tigers made a little mm-hmm. bit of a run with 
with five runs in the bottom of the seven. So eight to six is the top of the ninth. Two runners on for the A's and just one out. So the A's right there in that wild card race in the American League. And the early game that did start, and we talked about this earlier, San Francisco out early, one nothing on Eric Lauer and the okay. Brewers. They got two runners on bottom of the third with two outs. Andrew Slater, the home run in the first inning, the lone scoring in that one. Yeah, I mentioned how the Braves open up the door uh, for the Phillies. Uh, whether or not they were going to walk through it, but maybe they woke up. Maybe certainly mm-hmm. uh, in that clubhouse, they were like, oh, yeah, let's get our act together. I mean, it, good. You, you have to start thinking about the playoffs here. And, and for the Phillies, I think it's about winning that division now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because the Braves have, uh, you know, obviously with the Mets and the mm-hmm. struggles they've had, they're not totally out of it. But boy, do you have really a lot of optimism that the Mets are going to all of a sudden get their stuff together and uh, resume the lead, especially with DeGrom having been right. shut down. We'll see when he comes back here this month. But the Mets are really, they're looking like they're going wrong right traffic right now. Yeah. So we got some information from BetMGM in regards to uh, NFL Coach of the Year. Uh, and so do we want to follow the crowd here or maybe go our own path when Coach mm-hmm. of the Year, NFL Coach of the Year. So Robert Sala, he's 11.7% of the tickets they handle. Uh, he's up there too, 10% uh, with the handle. Vrabel, Vrabel's on this list uh, with a high ticket count, 7.4%. Handle 3% there as well. What are you thinking about when it comes to NFL Coach of the Year? Yeah, it surprises me to see that Vrabel got that much amount mm-hmm. because, uh, look, maybe he can pull it off, but he's got to have two new coordinators now because Arthur Smith now, of course, is the head right. coach in Atlanta. They promoted a new defensive coordinator down there in Tennessee. So, you know, uh, I mean, I guess I could see he could pull that off. But Tennessee, I mentioned yesterday, they're not a team I'm necessarily high on. Mm-hmm. I think they're kind of getting the benefit of the doubt out like a little bit by default because the Colts have had so much bad news. Obviously Houston has messed. Jacksonville is in the first year of a new rebuild with the new coach and a new quarterback. So it's almost like Brable is getting default here. So Frank Reich, he's always going to get some support because of course he's done, I think a very good job in Indianapolis. He is now, I believe at bet MGM. I'm looking and seeing 25 to one on Frank Reich and look, that team's had a lot of adversity <laughs> to start the season. Yep. So certainly if they are, are a division winner or a team that wins 11 or 12 games in regular season, that's probably way too optimistic. But nevertheless, they're a team. Uh, you know, there there is a guy that maybe steps up. Uh, uh, Matt Rule at 20 to 1. I uh, know you I like and I both one. like the Carolina yeah. Panthers, and I bet them in the over on the season wins. So mm-hmm. I thought Matt Rule made sense. So I'll go through the short prices right now because I just opened them up at BetMGM. Brandon Staley, now the Lightning Bolts head coach, the Chargers 12 to 1. Kyle Shanahan, Bill Belichick at 14 to 1. Stefanski from the Browns, who won it last year, 16 to one along with Sean McVay and Brian Flores and also Arthur Smith at 16 to one with Urban Meyer, Sean McDermott, 18 to one McDermott, I think is one of the better coaches in the league that oh, doesn't yeah. get near the publicity. His he staff deserves. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, uh, Brian Dable, probably his offensive coordinator going to be a head coach in his own right mm-hmm. next year. You would expect. So I wish there was a prop on that. I'd say go ahead and lay the lumber with that one. But a lot of these coaches, you know, are very much priced together. Obviously Cully down in Houston, the long shot, the, NFL lifer <laughs> finally getting a shot in his mid sixties, be a head coach. But Oh, by the way, it's of the Houston Texans. So he is 66 to one. So uh, I'm going to skirt the crowd a little bit here okay. on Robert Sala and Mike Vrabel. I think Frank Reich probably is worth something. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. Wow. 21.3% of the handle, but maybe I think everybody is kind of thinking that this is going to be a bounce back for the 49ers this year. Because it's either they, a losing season yeah. or a Super Bowl. For yeah. Kyle. Because they, they of course had all those injuries <laughs> last mm-hmm. year and they had COVID-19 and also they had the Super Bowl hangover, which I maintain is very real for the losing Super Bowl team. So I can see the optimism on Kyle Shanahan, but uh, I'd go a little bit down the board. I think Matt Rule makes some sense at 20 to 1. How many games would uh, Robert Sala need to win to win Coach of the Year with the Jets? Probably about... I would say maybe go eight and nine. Oh, a losing and think, season, it could perhaps win that, huh? Yeah, I yeah. think that's a little bit optimistic. Yeah, though. yeah absolutely. I totally agree with that. Uh, when we continue the program, we're going to get to some more college football. A lot of games on the schedule. That's coming up next.
Tomorrow's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod focuses on the closing weekend in New York and California. The odd couple of Saratoga Live, Andy Serling and Tom Amos, review the summer season and look ahead to the big races Labor Day weekend. Dwayne Colucci of the Rampart Sportsbook handicaps races at Saratoga and Del Mar. Keith Chamberlain of the National Thoroughbred Racing Association discusses the current state of handicapping contests like last weekend's National Horse Players Championship in Las Vegas. Subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or download it tomorrow morning at vcin.com slash podcast. Ron Flatter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. Welcome back to the show, Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Wes Reynolds with you today. So, Wes, I think this can be a good game in college football. Mm -hmm. Um, Boise State's traveling across country to face UCF. Uh, two programs with uh, new head coaches, the situations. Uh, one program with a great quarterback. Uh, quarterback committee uh, on the other side with Boise. Uh, but a defensive-minded head coach now with Boise. I wonder how that's going to turn out for them on the road. Yeah, and I think that's why you're seeing a little bit of support for the under here. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with it, to okay. be honest with you. Because, you know, look, we've talked about how the unders have gotten off to a good start. And we've certainly seen some of the unders get bet so far. And this has gotten bet as well, Boise State, a new head coach mm -hmm. and a new head coach at UCF with yep. Gus Malzahn. I think uh, a lot of people are wondering what Malzahn is going to do down there in Orlando because if you watch his pattern at Auburn, by and large, he has a lot of zone read, spread option type of quarterbacks, and he doesn't really have a lot of pocket passers, even though he had Jarrett Stidham mm -hmm. for a season at Auburn when he transferred in from Baylor. And he has another pocket quarterback here in Dylan Gabriel. Right. This is not a guy that likes to run. This is a guy that mainly is is a pocket passer, not a very big quarterback, the kid out of Hawaii, but a guy that threw for a ton of yards, mm -hmm. leading the uh, FBS in passing yards last year. So how much, it, it's that old question whenever you have a new coach, do you adjust your personnel to your system or do you adjust your system to your personnel? And maybe it's going to be the latter, at least early on for Gus Malzahn. I think when you've got a passer that I think is that accurate, like uh, Dylan Gabriel is, you kind of got to let him cook a little bit. So I'm actually a little bit surprised that we're seeing some as low is 67. I think it's 68 here at BetMGM here in the market. Not a huge move mm -hmm. from the opener down from 69 and a half when it's that big of a total, but one of the things that this might get over the total and one of the things that worries you, perhaps if you're on the under, is you got two new offensive coordinators and Tim Plow is the new offensive coordinator in Boise. Andy Avalos, of course, comes in from Oregon to take the Boise State head job. Brian Harson now at Auburn. Tim Plow averaged 23 seconds of play at UC Davis okay. in, in uh, FCS and that would have been in the top 25 of all FBS. And then if you look, uh, you know, at that, these tempos and whatnot, mm -hmm. and that's what worries you on the under. I think uh, G.J. Kinney, who is a former quarterback at Tulsa, he was an offensive coordinator for Todd Graham at Hawaii last year. They ranked 33rd in FBS in tempo, and he was kind of quoted as saying, hey, our goal is to hang half a hundred on every single opponent, and that means, you know, tempo, tempo, tempo. That means get up there, run a play, mm -hmm. get up there, run a play, run as many plays as fast as you can. So that's what concerns me a little bit about those uh, back in the under. I would certainly lean the over by the way UCF has gotten the money here it was four now to six six and a half so people are going against Boise State last time I think it was two years ago when Boise State did open the season in the state of Florida against Florida State Boise State ended up coming back and winning that game uh, and that probably set the wheels in motion for Willie Taggart to get a nice little uh, golden parachute out of town <laughs> in in Tallahassee but I think one of the reasons also you see them betting against Boise State. Of course, I'm sure you've spent some time in Florida during mm -hmm. the early, uh, late summer, early fall months, uh, Mike. It's humid down there in Florida. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the first weekend of September. Sure. Sure. And you got the, 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 the potatoes here from Idaho might get peeled a little bit. Their skin <laughs> might start peeling because they're not used to this kind of humidity down there in Florida. So maybe that there's a case for, you know, UCF in terms of betting that. What I might be looking to do, and I have not bet this game preflop, mm -hmm. What I might be looking to do is maybe saying, okay, if that materializes, if this heat and this humidity gets to them a little bit, it's going to get to them maybe more in the second half. The adrenaline is often going to be enough in the first half. It's like, we're excited to play. We're in shape. We're ready to go. Then you start melting a little bit in the second half. So the where I'm going to be looking to attack this game and that, you know, it doesn't mean there's necessarily going to be a play. It's going to depend on what the number is and what the situation is. I would maybe be looking second half on okay. Central Florida here because – 
I think if Boise's going to wear down in that heat, it's going to be in that second 30 minutes. Right. So you got a defensive minded head coach. A long time. It's been a long time since they've had something like this. I mean, it's been normally offensive quarterbacks, Harson, who's played there before, Chris Peterson. Mm-hmm. You know, you got all these Hawkins guys, and and so who was a tight ends coach before becoming a head coach. So I, I think. With a defensive-minded head coach, too, Boise State's going to be in shape. Yes. I would imagine that because those guys are lunatics on that side of the ball. Mm -hmm. Defensive coaches, they're going to have these guys in shape. Uh, I wonder how prolific they're going to be, though, throwing the football. Is this your typical Boise State offense? It's going to be highly creative. Because we know on the other side, UCF, uh, Coach Mazan, he's going to have that quarterback cooking. Mm-hmm. They're they're explosive on the outside. So is Boise State yeah, too. And we, and we talked about that with that tempo. You know, mm-hmm. what is this offensive system going to be? And you got to think. Uh, look, they got two offensive coordinators, by the way. There, right. they have that co-offensive coordinator, which I never like, but that's nope. what Gus Malzahn is elected to do. Brought in Tim Lewis from Florida International, and of course the aforementioned C.J. Kinney from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be unclear. I don't know yet who's going to call the plays for UCLF, but. But, but UCF, but if they allow Gabriel to kind of play in that similar system that Josh Heupel had, then they're going to let him be more of a pocket passer and not right. try to turn him into some zone read, you know, spread option type of quarterback that Gus Malzahn usually coaches. Yeah, absolutely. And so here locally, we got um, uh, Eastern uh, uh, Washington in town, UWU, right? Or is it UWU, uh, usually, usually plays on that red <laughs> turf up yeah, there. So we did training camp uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. We played, uh, we had our training camp on mm-hmm. their campus. So they come in town and they're playing. Uh, UNLV. Uh, do you have a side in this one? I do not, okay. uh, but I got to tell you, there's been a lot of movement. I was just uh, texting with the guy over the break who's a uh, a host of a sport betting platform. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and he has eight and a half, nine and ten on Eastern Washington. UNLV was about a double-digit favorite on the open, and now they are not a favorite at all. They are a two-point underdog against Eastern Washington wow. at home. Not a lot of expectations for the Rebels when, you're, when your total is set at one and a half. Right. So, you know, I'm probably not going to touch this game. Okay. At this point, I couldn't necessarily lay it with Eastern Washington, being that you could have gotten as high as double digits and certainly at least mm-hmm. more in a touchdown Look at that total. on EWU. Yeah, 66. So uh, we'll see if Marcus Arroyo's guys show a little bit of improvement. Of course, he lost his biggest advocate because now Desiree Reed-Francois, who of course was the AD that hired Marcus Arroyo, is now taking the job at Missouri interim mm-hmm. AD right now at UNLV. So uh, Marcus Arroyo doesn't have his uh, safety net anymore over there in Vegas. No, not at all, right? There. We got more college football to get to uh, with Sean King, uh, newest member here at VSIN. He's on a nightcap with Tim Murray. Sean King joins the program. He's coming up next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, 
I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Summer sports betting is heating up, so sign up right now for a risk-free first bet up to $1,000 at BetMGM. Be sure to use bonus code VSEN1000 and get in the game with the king of sportsbooks. Get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Once again, it's bonus code VSEN1000 to make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. It's a new customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Wes Reynolds with you today. And so is our next guest, Sean King, co-host of The Nightcap here on VSIN. Sean, how you doing? I'm excellent, fellas. How are you guys? I know y'all are fired up. We have live college football tonight. I'm excited. I cannot wait. Yeah, I was trying to make sense of week zero, uh, but <laughs> we got through that. So now we got week one. Looking forward to the games uh, this week. Let's get to USF South Florida uh, and North Carolina State. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how South Florida is going to stay in this one. Big line, minus 19.5 for NC State, 58.5 to total. How do you see this game? Well, we know South Florida's in a complete rebuild. You know, they've turned that roster over. You know, one of my best bets from a future standpoint was South Florida over three and a half. Like, I think there's a lot more talent there than people know. But this game is going to tell us a lot about NC State. You know, a lot of people are really high on NC State. Uh, Devin Leary, the quarterback, is back from being injured last year. Their top three pass catchers and and, uh, rushers are back. You know, they got a couple of transfers from Florida State on defense. People think that they have an outside shot to compete for ACC championship. So if they're that good, then this should be a game that they control the entire game. So we'll find out a lot about this NC State team tonight. Yeah, I agree, Sean. I really couldn't find an angle on this game because I think the number, it's kind of baked into a cake and it's a rebuild at South Florida. But keep in mind, they were down to like 60 players Mm -hmm. at the end of the year, guys, with all the COVID cases and then the the opt-outs and whatnot. Jeff Scott is in there, former offensive coordinator at Clemson. So, yeah, I thought that this game was about priced right. But let's stick in that American Athletic Conference uh, division here, Sean, and another team you're familiar with, UCF, uh, uh, the combatant of South Florida in the war on I-4. They are hosting Boise State tonight, and UCF's been getting a little bit of the money. It was four on the open. Now seeing six and a half. Totals ticked down a little bit. Gus on era begins in the bounce house down there in Orlando. What do you think of the UCF Knights? 
I think this is a game UCF should should handle. You know, UCF has elite talent. Like, they really do. You know, if you go back to when Scott Frost was there, you know, they've put guys into the National Football League every year. You know, so Gus is an experienced coach coming from Auburn. Boise State, they lost their head coach, ironically, to Auburn. They'll be solid, but I don't think they have – this isn't the Boise State team that has five or six pros on it. So I think this is a game UCF is going to get them in that humidity. The bounce house is going to be rocking. Gus Malzahn's debut. You know, I think a lot of energy will be there. I like UCF to cover this number. You know, now one thing that I am going to watch, kind of like a story within the story, Dylan Gabriel is an outstanding quarterback. He's the quarterback at Central Florida. But the systems that Josh Heupel and Scott Frost run – throw the ball vertically down the field a lot more prominently than what Gus has done the last right. couple of years at Auburn. So I just want to see how that mixture works. But I just still think UCF will be a little too much. They win by at least 10, in my opinion. Right, and we were talking about that, mm-hmm. Sean, Pritch and I, in the last segment in terms of Gus Malzahn usually has spread option type of quarterbacks. A lot of zone reads that he's had. He really only had one pure pocket passer at Auburn. That was when Jared Stidham transferred in for a year. But, you know, it's like you got Dylan Gabriel. He's right. the leading passer in terms of yards and all of FBS. It's kind of like, you know, maybe you adjust your system to your personnel a little bit, I think, Pritch. Yeah, you know, Sean, I was going to ask you too. Is Gus? Uh, do you know if he's going to call plays or not, or a coordinator is going to call? Oh, plays? absolutely. Okay, oh, a- absolutely. Right. You know, I was actually uh, in the running for the uh, for one of the offensive jobs down there, and he was very clear that. Those are just titles. He's going to call it, you know, that's his baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those type of coaches, they, that's the funnest part. I've, I've had a number of head coach coordinators tell me that's the funnest part of the job uh, to be able to call the play. So and, that's good information. right And there. that's what we were talking about too, with this total that's getting bet to the under mm-hmm. a little bit, because if you look at the coordinators on both sides of the ball, they were both pretty much in the top 30 in terms of tempo. So I thought, okay, who's going to call the plays? Right. Is it going to be GJ Kenny who comes in from Hawaii and look, has said, Hey, our goal is to hang half a hundred in every single game, tempo, tempo, tempo. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the game in college football. But based on what Sean said, and Sean has very good sources on this, matter uh, that Gus Malzahn is going to be the final decision maker on these play calls. Yeah, looking forward to that. How about this game, uh, Sean? Get your thoughts on North Carolina going up to play Virginia Tech. Uh, Justin Fuente, I think he's on the hot seat. They've been waiting for UNC all year, and I think they can ambush him there, uh, Sean. Uh, Virginia Tech at home, plus five and a half. The total is 64. What do you think? What's the start time on this game? It is 3 p.m. Pacific, so 6 p.m. Eastern. So here's what's ironic about this game. I mean, Virginia Tech, Blacksburg, is one of the hardest places in the world to play. Mm -hmm. Why this wasn't an 8 p.m. Eastern kick, I don't Mm -hmm. understand. I feel like Virginia Tech took their greatest advantage and sort of negated it, you know, by the start time, 6 p.m., it's not like 8 p.m., you know, when Sandman is, is, yep. is running around, it's dark. Right, right. You know, you've seen those Thursday night ESPN games, mm-hmm. and they pull some major upsets. So, again, like I think the NC State game is an evaluation of the Wolfpack. To me, this is an evaluation of Tar Heels. They lost a lot of production. Listen, I think Javante Williams – has a chance to be NFL Rookie of the Year. I actually took the 30-1 to 1 on him to win an award. He'll at some point be the starting running back in Denver, if not day one. Michael Carter was an outstanding contributor. They lost their top two receivers. So even though they have, in my opinion, one of the top three quarterbacks in Sam Howell, it's a tricky game. Mm-hmm. It's a really tricky game because Justin Fuente hadn't really lived up to the hype that he came to Virginia Tech with, but from a talent standpoint, they're pretty solid across the board. You know, guys on offense, defense, special teams is always elite there in Blacksburg. So I'm going to sit and watch this game. You know, I'm the kind of guy, if I don't have a strong opinion, I tell the listeners and the viewers that I'm going to sit and watch this game, and I may in-game bet it. If it looks like Notre Dame had, I mean, uh, North Carolina had the depth to replace those dynamic weapons, then Max really got his foothold there from a recruiting standpoint, then I may bet it you know, mid-first quarter, late-first quarter. But I'm going to wait on this game and just watch. 
Sean, let me go to a coach you're very familiar with. That would be Tom Allen at Indiana, which, of course, is my alma mater. And uh, both of you spent some uh, time and some tenure on the South Florida coaching staff in the past. And we've talked about Tom Allen before. I know you recruited against him, and you're based down there, being the pride and joy of Gibbs High School in St. Petersburg, Florida, <laughs> that being one Sean King. So he has recruited against Tom Allen, who obviously spent some time down there. Uh, Plant High School in Tampa Bay been very, very good to Indiana mm-hmm. football. They get a lot of personnel from that program but Tom Allen with all those Florida uh, in-state Florida recruits now goes and opens at Iowa and three three and a half basically the line for Indiana at Iowa big game really in the first week for both programs I think this is a real watermark game too for Indiana to be able to go open on the road with Michael Penix back and Mm -hmm. uh, see if they can get a dub to start this season on this tough schedule Sean where are you on IU and Iowa on Saturday well, first of all, let me give a shout out to the Big Ten scheduling committee because I mean they they got they got us right for week one. I mean they have some barn burners: Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Minnesota. I mean Iowa, Indiana. I mean they didn't pull any punches. But I'll tell you guys this: when Michael Penix pulled the, if you guys go back and look at his commitment video, there's a South Florida hat on the table. When he put the Indiana hat on, I cried because <laughs> I. <laughs> And they weren't tears of joy like mine were. (laughs) They they were not. I I, I told Coach Strong, who was the head coach at the time, say, Coach, this kid's going to be a first-round draft pick. And Michael Pennis is that talented. Now, injuries have, in some ways, negated, like, the positive things he's done on the field when he's healthy. So he's coming off of his second ACL injury last year. So if he's healthy, then I favor Indiana. Tom Allen is a dynamic coach. He's done an outstanding job of taking what was a basketball school and making football relevant. And uh, you look at that defense, Michael McFadden, the guy from Plant you were talking about, who I recruited, who I cried again when he went to Indiana. I'm just like, guys, when you don't have a Power 5 logo on your chest, it's not what you say because it really don't matter at the end of the day. The kids want to go to Power 5 schools. So in defense to Tom, he's done an outstanding job developing those guys. I think Indiana's a dark horse candidate to be in the conversation for the Big Ten title game. Now, they have some tough games. Iowa's a tough game. Cincinnati's coming to town. That's going to be a really tough game. But I think Michael Penix and Sam Howell, in my opinion, are the two best quarterbacks in college football that have actually done it. Now, a lot of these guys are getting a lot of exposure because of not just the player, but the program and the position. But as far as guys that have multiple stars that have proven and they can perform at a high level, it's Penix and Sam Howell. So I think Indiana gets the job done. Sean, we got about a minute left. Uh, do you have a favorite play uh, entering the weekend in college football? Uh, yeah, uh, I like Utah State plus the 16 and a half. Kenny White came on our show. He does this for a living. He's been doing it a long time. I asked him what's his number one play. And he said Utah and a half, Utah State getting 16 and a half. So I know what I know, but then I know there are guys that know a lot more than me. So I'm rolling <laughs> with Kenny and Utah State. <laughs> hey, that's some great advice. Going right up there. to the uh, Palouse to face Nick Rolovich yep. and the Cougars. Uh, quarterback, uh, new quarterback there from yeah. Washington State. So uh, this is now 17. I may follow along. I know. On that one. You're a smart man. Follow Kenny White for sure. Sean, thanks a lot for your time. <laughs> we'll see you on the nightcap. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, a great yeah. Uh, uh, job there by Sean King. What about you, Wes? Uh, favorite play entering uh, the weekend? Yeah, a couple I played. Uh, I do like the under BYU okay. Arizona, which mm-hmm. will be right here in Las Vegas yep. at Allegiant Stadium, under 54 and a half. A couple dogs I played. I played Nevada plus three and a okay. half against Cal. And then I also like FAU and Cozy Perry now going to start for FAU, getting 23 and a half at Florida. New quarterback for Florida with Emory Jones. Might yeah. take a game or two for him All to right, get used man. to it. So excited about college football. That'll do it for us today. Thanks again, Wes. You bet, Mike. Awesome job on the program here. My guys in the desert come up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.